This scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship video by St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on Palm Sunday, April 10th, 2022. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. We read the, the, the Gospel according to St Luke, chapter 19. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, after he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethany and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, Lord, the Lord needs it. And then they brought it to Jesus. And after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. And as he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord, as we welcome your entry into Jerusalem, enter our hearts this day too that we might know you more as our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Please be seated. Hosanna! Save us, Jesus. Yes, the Prince of Peace enters. And as we enter the city of Jerusalem with Jesus, we enter into the arena of a predestined battle against sin, death and the devil fought for the life of the world. He comes for the life of the world. He comes, he, here he comes, our gentle champion, unarmed with no protective armour. Because he's not going to defend his life, he's coming to give up his life. He comes in peace. He has no designs on wealth or personal gain. He displays no wealthy excess, no crown, no regal steed. Instead, he enters humble and riding on a small young donkey, simply borrowed from a friend. And as Jesus owns nothing but the clothes he wears, this is not only a low-budget event, it's a no-budget event, completely unpretentious, vulnerable, and humble. We greet him with a range of emotions, don't we? Within the holy city, we acclaim Jesus shouting, Hosanna, along with the crowd. A wave of excitement takes hold across the crowd. 
Just about everyone who is present is singing and shouting. Welcome. Welcome the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And people even lay down their cloaks on his path. Just days later, we join the same crowd, only this time menacing and hostile and shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Can we really be that fickle and divided in ourselves? Well, the answer is yes. That's our fallen human nature, and that's why we are in need of a saviour. This is why the King of Peace is coming for us. On the one hand, we love and we long for love, for goodness, for healing, and so we cheer Jesus on as he comes, shouting, Hosanna, as he enters our lost world. He's coming to save us. He fills us with a vision of how things could be through his kingdom, transforming our world with love and justice, mercy and peace. But on the other hand, we're a little bit frightened. Frightened of his sheer holiness, of what he might demand of us as he comes as our king. If his kingdom is to be lived in us, then our lives cannot be the same. He brings change, and change is always a little bit painful and threatening. We've had enough of that already, haven't we? Like the crowd, we think we know what we need and what we want. We've surely got good ideas about that. And when Jesus doesn't deliver our vision for the world, for his kingdom here on earth, for the church and for our lives, on our terms, we turn on him. We turn away. We call for his blood. I wonder, are you at ease this day as Jesus enters? Are you able to gladly welcome him, the one who dies for you? Or does the image of Christ on the cross cause you an uncomfortable offence? Perhaps you're full of praise and trust. But maybe also this humble entry may cause you to question and despise him a little because he calls you to die to your own self and to follow him. Oh, why did God choose the cross? Was there no other easier or less painful way for him and for us to follow? Now, Jesus, who enters into Jerusalem and into our hearts, knows perfectly well the heated opposition and the questions and confusion his entry in such peace comes. He knows that there's going to be some total rejection and betrayal by his own, and that his journey to the cross will involve such loss and pain. He knows what it will cost him, but he comes anyway. He comes on because he loves us all. Those who shout and those who remain silent, he comes for us. Those who are afraid, those who are disappointed or dissatisfied with life, He comes for the proud and the broken, for those who welcome him and those who oppose him. He comes to serve us with his life because he believes in you and I and what his transforming love will produce in us. And he enters with true dignity, a royal king, a heavenly king, remainingly quietly gracious, even though knowing that those who welcomed him with loud shouts shouts of Hosanna that day would soon call out, crucify him, crucify him. 
and also in response to the Pharisees who took offense of it at him and demanded that he make his disciples to be silent. He answered with quiet authority. The very stones of the street would shout out if the people were to remain silent. And so disarmed by his bold self-assurance and in fear of the crowd somewhat, they withdrew in order to plan his arrest with the intention of silencing him and his followers permanently. Jesus' life is not really in danger here today. No, it's not in danger of being taken from him because he enters this arena to give up his life. He says, I can lay down my life and I can pick it up again. He has all authority to do so. No one can take it from him. So he enters to give up his life with purpose according to the Father's will and the plan of salvation for each of us through the cross and the grave. He shared this with his disciples more than once, as we've recorded in Matthew 16. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. There is no greater love than ones laying down their life for their friends. That's a phrase regularly quoted from John 15, verse verse 13, when fallen soldiers are remembered for their defense of home, family, and country. Those words will be spoken again on the 25th of April, on Anzac Day. The same text was recently quoted by Vladimir Putin, propping up his propaganda of justifying the blatant invasion of Ukraine. Deliberate targeting of civilian homes and hospitals, acts of murder, arrest and deportation of innocent citizens has nothing to do with lovingly laying down one's life. It's all about robbing people out of robbing people of their life out of hate, dispossessing them out of greed. His armed forces are not laying down their lives in defense of anything but Putin's reputation and his great desire to misuse of power for selfish gain. They are criminally and callously taking lives and destroying a peaceful country as invading oppressors, not as liberators. But I wonder if we had such power, whether we would use it so well either. In contrast, Jesus, the true liberator, lays down his own life even for his enemies, enduring hardship, shame, and great loss for their gain, for my gain, for your gain. And Jesus does all this out of perfect love, not for any personal gain. His peaceful entry completely unarmed into the arena of death is both disarming and alarming for those who know the depth of his love and the sacrifice that his path leads to. And whilst his enemies surround him with eager delight that he's drawing near to their lair, to his end, others welcome him for what his kingship might bring. They see a glimpse of true peace-filled and humble servant leadership in Jesus. He's displayed that time and time again. They see his expression of love and goodwill to all. 
and his actions in coming in peace is in harmony with his teachings of his heavenly father about God's love for the lost that he would send his own son into the world. And so Jesus is worthy of being welcomed as king, not just earthly king, but the king of heaven, our king, a king who serves all and who makes himself accessible for people of low decree, the lost, the poor, and the rejected, the oppressed and the unclean. And for that moment, they love him. They celebrate him. And as I witness his journey to the cross this day, for me, I love him. The reality of my unworthiness, why should he come for me and give up his life for me, only makes me love him more and more as he journeys through the coming days of suffering, condemnation, rejection and punishment that should have been mine. Yes, Jesus enters peacefully, trusting that his giving himself wholly and extravagantly into death for us will free us and bring us new life, make us whole and bring us lasting peace and joy with God our Father. So rejoice, our King comes. He comes. Hosanna, save us, Lord. He comes so that through his sacrifice we will find all that we are in need of most a saviour and a new home. Sing as it brings us restoration and righteousness, purpose and happiness and wholeness this day in serving others with his love even unto death. May it be so for each of us as he enters our daily lives, as he enters our homes, our cities, our world. And as we share his kingdom's reign, by seeking out justice and mercy for all. Amen. May it be so for us. Hosanna. Hosanna. Hosanna.